Frank, 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 as a library and app developer, we started to mention something that to me, I didn't know was quite as revolutionary <laughs> at the time of communicating via this podcast um, that I do know now. Okay, so we, we talked about something and you didn't realize it was revelatory. Can I take a guess at what it was? Yes. ASP.NET development. No, we're no, not going to talk not. about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so recently I've been doing a lot more um, library creation across mm-hmm. multiple platforms. And essentially I went through this big thing of taking my .NET standard li- or my PCL libraries mm-hmm. for my apps and for everything else converting to .NET standard but then I realized that, well, I have all these projects and I have these new specs, I have this stuff. And then we mentioned, we mentioned just a little bit of this thing that we call multi-targeting. Yeah. Um, in the new CS Proj. So this is the new CS Proj, .NET mm-hmm. standard, magical project amazingness of awesomeness that Oren told us was amazing a year ago. But now <laughs> I have seen the light of multi-targeting uh. so much to the... So much that our 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 one and only emo Landworth um, tweeted about because I, I asked him I said should I multi target this very very lightweight MVVM helpers library This is where it started Frank I have MVVM helpers and I was like I'm going to no, have a because there's no platform well, the answer, code in it <laughs> Well so, exactly so it's a .NET standard library Yeah um, that's good mm-hmm. and um, he said, well, I said, you know, right now, should I multi-target this? Because I have a .NET Standard 1.0 project, and I really should have a .NET uh, maybe Standard I 2.0 so I, I can get rid of this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Let's take a step back, though. Um, so I, I don't know if you mentioned, this is for Visual Studio 2017, and technically it's actually MS Build 15. That's what has this mm. awesome feature in it. And yes. all you have to do is in your project file, or I guess there's a GUI for this, but, you know, I just edit XML files because that's what I like to do. Uh, you can just put, instead of your target framework in your project file, you can say your target frameworks with an S. And there you can do a semicolon list of all the different platforms that you want your library to be able to build for. And the super cool thing is, number one, that obviously makes your library compatible with that platform, but it also integrates well with things like NuGet. So if you want to package up your library, it handles all the crazy NuGet library distribution stuff. So I get for you, who's MVVM helpers aside, most of your other ones are very platform specific and have lots of that kind of code. Can I? So I can totally see how this would be a great boom for you <laughs> a good thing yeah yeah i mean i mean for this instance i said you know is it bad for me to multi-target and emo said mm-hmm. no not at all it's great to multi-target because yeah. by multi-targeting if i was just to go out today and say no this is a dotnet standard to a library you know there's tons of enterprises that may want to use this they're not yeah. on dotnet standard to right I and i know. can go backwards compatible <laughs> Now, the key, though, the key, though, Frank, the key, though, Frank, is that there was no reason for me not to because I didn't even need to change an API because I wasn't using any new APIs. But the magic here is you're correct, is that I went into the CS Proj and I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm, I am a GUI person, but for CS mm-hmm. Proj, I am XML all the time. Yeah, it's, it's where fine. I live. <laughs> I know it. It's human readable. Um, I went in there and, and I did that. So I said, I'm going to add .NET 4.6. I'm going to add .NET Standard mm. 1.0. I'm going to add .NET Ooh. Standard 2.0. So everybody can consume this. 
Okay, let's and stop for a moment. Uh, wh- okay. Why did you uh, decide to put in .NET in there? So I can totally understand the .NET Standard 1 versus .NET 2 split, because the idea there is .NET 1 is compatible with more platforms, just more people support it, because it's like the old PCL profiles. But I don't understand your decision to support old .NET, you know, like <laughs> Windows.NET. So isn't the two standards enough? Uh, so, so what it was is event. So essentially what happened here is there's something with kind of how .NET Core and the SDK worked where actually, Uh, (laughs) so it wasn't 461 wasn't really support until some things. So you just throw it in there and it it works fine. Um, okay. So it's like a backwards compatibility thing. Just throw .NET in there. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not going to hurt me at all because what happens nah. here is the, is the pure beauty of when I compile. Now, I have a bunch of other stuff in my CS Proj. I have no new spec. No new spec. They don't exist. Right. Yep. They're, it's a great they're world. in the CS Proj. I'm so happy to lose those files. I just hate configuration files, man. I just put everything in the project for me, please. Yeah. I'm against it. I'm over it. I'm done with it. Yeah. Everything is in the CS Proj. I say build. And there's a thing that says package up this NuGet. I can do it on a... On a debug build, I don't even have to do anything special. I build it and the NuGet package is created for me. And inside of that, (laughs) inside of that is every single platform that I've targeted. It creates all three. It creates all the dependencies. It's It's magic. magic. It's amazing. It's amazing. (laughs) It really is. Uh, They've really cleaned things up. It's pretty impressive. When it gets really impressive is when you have a multi-targeted project project. depending on another multi-targeted project and it just pulls in all the right stuff you don't have to worry about any shenanigans any paths or you know creating 10 different project file formats i don't know about you but pretty much every one of my apps has a .NET version, iOS version, Mac version, sometimes even Android version. And I do this for for lots of reasons. Maybe shared projects aren't working for me. PCLs aren't working for me. So gosh, uh, the new world of multi-targeting is going to clean up all those projects. I can just take away, you know, half of my projects because they're all just these stupid platform differences that don't really matter. Yeah. And in fact, you know, if I look at monkey cache, which is this very lightweight um, file caching library I had, I started with just a .NET standard 2.0. So let's just talk about the the app or library use case here. Yeah. I started and I say new project because I kind of want to like people are like, oh, multi-targeting. It doesn't seem for me. This seems so like niche that it's not for me. No, <laughs> this thing is for this thing is for everybody. And I want to describe why. So I start off and I create this library. And um, I'm using .NET Standard 2.0. That's what I want. I have system I.O. I'm super happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then... Life is good. <laughs> life is good. And then I realized that um, after talking to Frank Kruger that it's very important that the files live in a very specific place for caching, especially mm. on iOS. <laughs> okay, so... Then it's I all think my fault. My... Okay, I, I get it. Yeah. You're blaming this on me, but okay, my fault. We got to make this thing platform specific, I guess. <laughs> so now it's like, oh man, now for one little line of code, just one little thing, I got to <laughs> maybe create an interface and then I got to implement that interface or I got to create an Android library, an iOS library. I got to create multiple DLLs. I got to create abstracts. Right? I'm back into this old school last year, 2017 mentality of this is how I create a plugin essentially. Yeah. And now I'm like, Oh, I can't use this new fangled new new NuGet packaging system, and I have to create a new spec again. I'm just like, oh, this seems terrible. No, 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 Frank, yeah. Mul- multi-targeting. <laughs> so inside of that library, 
I go ahead and I add, what else do I want to target? I want .NET Standard, Xamarin iOS, Mono Android, Xamarin Mac, UAP, whatever specific version number. And then the magical thing in the file system inside of Visual Studio, under my, um, everyone's probably used to it, but basically you have your dependencies and you're used to seeing .NET Standard 2.0. And then all of a sudden, you have all of these other little little things that pop up because everything that you put in that that targets shows up underneath it, which means that I can have a NuGet package that only gets installed on Android or only for there. And then I have defines for each of them. <laughs> so inside of this one file, just one file, just one little file, Frank, that doesn't do hardly anything, it's called get base path. And I say, if I'm, if, if def, I start conditionally compiling my code inside of a .NET standard project, Frank. Yes. And I say, if iOS, give me the NS search directory for cache directory. If Android, give me the application context, cache your absolute path. If UWP do this, else do the, the local application data, right? And the beautiful part is that it's one project, but it generates yes. everything for me. <laughs> it's like, and then I have the little dropdown in Visual Studio. It's like, hey, I got you. You're good. I know what projects want, 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 you know, I'm mm-hmm. here, here, and there. And then Frank, I start thinking to myself, <laughs> what if I didn't even have to conditionally compile my code? You know right. why? Because I can inside, Because <laughs> inside of the CS Proj, I can say, Hey, I'm going to create just a folder. I'm going to say platforms. I'm going to have an Android, iOS, Windows. You beat me to it. I thought Uh I was going to blow your mind, and I think you got ahead of me. You know about this trick. All right, continue, please. (laughs) This is my favorite, because this is what really did blow my mind. Because I said, you know what? If I'm on Android, hey, can you go and compile all the things that are in the Android folder? And if I'm in iOS, go ahead and include basically and compile everything in the iOS folder. I don't even need conditional compilations because the conditional compilation is that it's in this folder. And I told it that only on iOS build this thing and it just works. It's so amazing. What an epiphany, everyone. James's mind is blown. (laughs) I wish, uh, yeah, this thing's been around for a while. And the truth is I haven't even adopted it yet either. I'm still struggling away with my million different projects, but you just described basically the epiphany of what we all want. Um, in <laughs> epiphany, what, the, the best, the, what we want in project systems. So .NET standard gave us libraries that we could trade around very easily and reuse in a lot of uh, places. But these are like portable projects because now you can just start throwing in more and more frameworks as more and more frameworks come out. And like you said, play all those tricks in the csproj file because it actually becomes properties and you can use all your condition. What, what's it called? Condition or conditional? Uh, that little tag you put in there. But you can put in um, like little it, Boolean expressions. Yeah, yeah so you can say you can like, do anything. if platform is iOS and Android, but not Mac, you know, you can actually put in full logic into the project oh, file. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah, you don't want crazy. to, but you can, yeah. but you can. But you can. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's, it's just a huge bit of power they handed us with this thing. Yeah, what do you, it's... Um, w- are you doing blowing. everything now? Because I can just imagine you, like, you're really obsessed over VSTS, so now I can see you just, like, rewriting every one of your projects now. Is that what you're doing? maybe okay so here's what Uh, happened (laughs) um so i got really um, i got really deep into this and and into multi-targeting everything making it all work and and to the point that this thing is so powerful i was starting to convert some of these toolkits over and i was like oh man what's going to happen when i have like some android resources 
Like that seems complicated. No, not really. I mean, Android resources are just things that live in a special folder that have a special tag in them in the csproj file. And just like anything in the csproj file, you can make things conditional. So just as easily, you can add conditional assets, conditional resources, conditional embedded resources, conditional bundle resources. Project file format is pretty versatile. Exactly. Oh, you did so, it. I mean, oh, it's so, so gross. <laughs> well, so so here's the thing is I, I, I was converting Beautiful this project over and I started going a little bit. I go a little bit nuts with this because I really want this thing to be one library to really rule them all. It was funny when 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 .NET Standard was pitched, it was like .NET Standard, one library to rule them all. I'm like, no, 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 it really can be. And I asked our good friend Oren Novotny, who knows everything about CS Proj. He's just a magician, right? And he creates this little library that's called like MS build SDK helpers or whatever. And, and it kind of cleans okay, up a yeah. little bit of boilerplate. But um, I was like, you know what, Oren, you know this so good. I'm like, this has to be possible because first I go, all right, what I'm going to do. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, if I can put Android, if I can put CS files in this Android folder that I created, maybe I'll just add the mm-hmm. resources there. And then I will say, this is an Android resource and go look for all the PNGs and maybe it'll happen. And uh, yeah, I, I would have even done it a little bit differently. Like you don't even have to use folders. It can just be on individual items. So you could have just taken your current project file and just put this conditional statement on each of those items. But yeah, well, you could so do it how you're saying to. Almost. So uh, <laughs> for for like iOS and for like embedded resources and everything else. Yes. But for yeah. Android, it has special assets and their names. They're terrible because what you have like the high DPI folder, you have the high DPI 2015 folder, you have the high DPI 2016. No, we mean at this time folder. Yes. It's just so many folders on Android, yes, which have significant names. They is do the trick here. Yeah. They do. So uh, Oren sent me over to the Azure Microsoft Authentication Library that does this. <laughs> so the only difference is I was really close, but how the build tooling works and how Android and our Android tooling yeah. works mm-hmm. is you just have to put the resources folder in the base. So in the base of it. So I can't put it in five directories deep, just how Android resources work. I say, I say include resources, star, 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 dot AXML or dot XML or dot PNG. Sure. And it works yeah. and it's magic and it generates the resources.designer file for me. So what am I saying here? So why, what is this going on? Well, we told people that .NET standard was going to replace PCL. And then you and I had this great conversation about shared projects, about how I love shared projects. Everyone's <laughs> like, how do you like? So, so you love shared projects, correct? I do. I do. Um, they solve the problem, basically. My biggest problem was always I needed if a uh, uh, hash if to work, the preprocessor, the thing that runs before the compiler runs so that I could conditionally put code in and out. And that it's basically very important to me because most of my apps are at least Mac and iOS, and there's always subtle differences between the two. And yeah. so that was always important to me. And shared projects were basically the best way to achieve that without doing what I I said before of creating t- uh, one project for every platform, which just gets exhausting. So yeah. shared projects were where I was at for sure. And I think people, they really like shared projects because of that. And in fact, I use shared projects all over the place in app development. And um, what's nice about that is that you can just conditionally compile the world basically. And we do that all over mm-hmm. the place in the live player, for instance, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, I'm just going to throw some Android code there, throw some things there. Now I will say that obviously, 
people, some people don't like that because then it's not testable, right? It doesn't generate a DLL of testable code and you're mixing and matching mm. stuff in there. I think that's the only, it's th- true. that's the only thing I, I've heard that's negative about it. I don't know about you on your side. Oh, I would, I would go one step further. If, if your shared library is very big, it's very wasteful because every time you want to re- recompile your app and, you know, change the background color of something, it has to recompile all that code over and mm. over again. It can never use the cached version of the DLL. So just from my, you know, me, I just want builds to be instantaneous. So just from that perspective, I hate shared libraries because it's just a waste of energy, literally. Yes. And that is why, Frank, (laughs) multi-targeting solves all of it because of what we just described, right? So in this instance, you can now conditionally compile inside of it. It still creates a DLL that is is testable, that is you can install anywhere. You can nuget it up. And then you can take advantage of what you're just saying, I think, which is this build system and making sure it's fast, making sure it's usable um, out there. And and I've been basically in love with it so, so, so much. It's (laughs) <laughs> absolutely ridiculous and i'm not sure why i i i know i know why because i just described why i guess um i mean but i want to i don't I even know just, if this go ahead <laughs> i don't even know if it's possible but like with this technology definitely from the spec side it's possible i don't know if the tools actually support this but you could even get to a place where you have one project file for an app that runs on multiple platforms it's not just something that applies to library. It's something that ha- happens fundamentally down in the build system. So maybe not today, but definitely this is the groundwork for the technology to just have one stupid project file where you can just yeah. deploy it all around. And I'm so excited for that. That's a good point. I want to talk about the the now and the tomorrow, but let's take a quick um, break of the super uplifting, super exciting um, <laughs> episode, which we didn't know we were going to talk about. Now I'm super excited about everything that's happening. <laughs> and thank our sponsor. They're back. Our good Good friends over at M Fractor um, awesome. is an awesome tool for Visual Studio for Mac. Our good friend Matthew and team started making this tool a while ago, and they continue to add absolutely amazing features. So, Frank, you're probably like, hey, I use Visual Studio for Mac. Right? I do. Every um, day. <laughs> I use Visual Studio for Mac. I just used it today as well um, for building some applications. And um, what if I told you that you could download a little extension and boost your productivity instantaneously for all sorts of C-sharp, XAML, all sorts of features that you could possibly imagine. I'd say, God bless you, sir, because after all these years, I'm still terrible at XAML. So <laughs> God bless you. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> well, see, that's what M Fractor does. It's a simple add-in. There's a free version and a paid version. And it does all sorts of code refactoring that you can possibly imagine, not just for Xamarin Forms applications, but just for C-sharp applications as well. They do all sorts of C-sharp code analysis, XAML. Um, they do C-sharp code generation automatically for you. Um, they'll help you with your ResX files. They'll help you with um, analysis. They'll automatically fix any of your issues that are going on. And I'm super excited because they recently just added all sorts of brand new XAML IntelliSense. So built into Visual Studio for Mac, if you're doing Xamarin Forms, there are already um, some refactoring tools when you're building your XAML. Well, with MFractor, it's enabling you to essentially get every single property that you could possibly imagine inside of it. And then it adds additional benefits. For instance, let's say I want to set the text color. Well, it'll show me the color when I highlight over red or some hex value. Or if I right click, it'll bring up a color picker dialog for me. Huh, isn't that crazy? If I hover over an image, well, one, it'll show me all of my images inside of my project Mm -hmm. when I say image source. 
I can then import the pro- file if I need to, and it'll add it to everything and scale everything for me. And then when I hover over like mfractor.png, it shows me the PNG inline. It's amazing. It's awesome. Um, they've added all of these suggestions, IntelliSense for effects, triggers, styles, anything that you could possibly imagine. But on top of that, Frank, what if I told you that mfractor will generate code for you automatically? What? What's it yes. generating? I don't even know about this feature. So this is amazing. Imagine if I'm building a login page. I'm going to put this in the show notes because it's amazing. And I'm like, oh, all right, well, I have a logo. All right, so here's my logo. But what if I need a view model to back it up, right? I need some binding to username. Well, I just go ahead and say, I right click and I say, well, my text, I'm going to go ahead and create a new property in my view model that says password and username and command. And when I'm ready, I set up all my XAML, I right click and say, create my view model. It'll scaffold out all of the code for me, every single bit of it. I create the XAML, (laughs) boom, it's done. It's awesome. It also works with Android XML. It works, I said, with C-sharp refactoring. It's awesome. So you're saying, Frank, how do I get it? Frank, ask me, how do you get it? (laughs) James, how do you get it? (laughs) So what you got to do is you go to mfractor.com. You can download it by clicking the download button. It's a simple extension for Visual Studio for Mac, and there's a free version, which is super awesome. So that's going to give you all of mfractor's unlimited use here of XAML features, um, in multiple XAML files a day, IntelliSense, code analysis, et cetera, et cetera, whole bunch of good stuff. And then there's a professional version. So once you fall in love, you're like, I need this every single day. You can get unlimited access to absolutely everything possibly with MFractor Professional and a special deal for Merge Conflict listeners. Yes, we finally worked it out with them. You can get a 10% off coupon code when you upgrade to MFractor Professional by entering coupon merge-conflict. That's merge-conflict. You'll see it in the show notes below. Thank you, MFractor, so much for making amazing tools and sponsoring this show. Thank you. And gosh, that image picker. I am notorious for naming my image files. I don't know about you, but I never know what the stupid name is. Yeah, never. <laughs> I never do. I have no idea ever. Um, that was a super. Once you build like, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say, once you build a large app, you end up with like hundreds of images, especially oh, mobile apps. There's just everywhere. Yeah. So please help. <laughs> that was a long ad read, but it's totally worth it because um, that thing is awesome, and they keep adding awesome, awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. So go support them out um, and definitely give the give that a try. So, and in fact, you know, it, it's tools like this that really um, really get me jazzed up because when I started using multi targeting. I didn't realize that it could do all this stuff. In fact, I don't really think the documentation of no. it is like really, there's a file that says additions yeah. to CS Proj. And like, it's like, you yeah. can do this if you want to. You know, it was really funny because I, I had heard of them. I had, Oren was always talking on Twitter. I'm like, I don't know. He's doing something crazy. I'm just going to ignore these things. But then it came up. Um, I actually wanted to support .NET standard projects in my iOS ID continuous. Mm. And for that, all of a sudden, people started doing all this multi-targeting stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to have to look this up. So I actually had to end up implementing the engine in the IDE, mm. uh, all the lookup. And it actually gets tricky. Like I said, multi-project dependencies, NuGets. We haven't mentioned that, like, obviously, it has to figure out how to resolve all the NuGets correctly, given all the different frameworks that you support. But anyway, so that was just my funny introduction. And once I had implemented that engine, I was just like, oh, oh, this is really powerful. I haven't had the time to act on that revelation myself, but it was at that moment that I just like, yeah, yeah, these are cool. These are powerful and kind of the way of the future. 
Yeah, it's in fact like I it, it's so much that I don't really be, like I almost didn't believe that it it, it did work. Um, this way <laughs> of like packaging the nougat, handling everything for you, and our good friend Oren again, he makes this tool for Windows called Nougat Package Explorer. You can get it from the Windows Store. Ah, uh, yeah. And you just right click on a nougat and you say open in this thing, and it'll show you everything that was packaged up, what gets installed, where, all this stuff. And you know you're right. I mean, I think as things get more complicated. My my struggle was, oh, is is multi-targeting really going to be able to give me all of the advantages mm. of these individual projects? And I think that was my, I yeah. don't know. But now I'm doing yeah. Android resources. Now I'm doing embedded um, you know, resources. <laughs> I'm doing ResX files. I'm doing... Well- I'm doing projects that depend on projects and creating nougats on nougats on nougats. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really cool is like, it has the ability that I can create monkey cash core and all of the monkey cash projects that sit on top of it. And it just figures out that dependency chain. Like it's bananas. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're ever curious, there's, um, in your OBJ directory, there's, I forget what it's called, but something like assets.json. And it's how it decided to resolve all these frameworks. Because if you imagine, if you have two projects that target three frameworks each, there's a very large matrix of how everything can combine with each other. And it's all captured in that file. And as you can imagine, it's quite a large file because there's a lot of information there. But if you ever do run into problems like that, that's my backup. Like if I'm ever curious, like which DLL is it actually importing? You can actually just kind of search through that file. It's just a JSON file. Search for the DLL you want, see all the different places it's used. And so I think I somewhat share um, your reticence for when things become big. But at the same time, um, I think Microsoft is really pushing this as the way of the future. So this is, if nothing else, what they'll be supporting. I don't think any of them there want to support shared projects anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, while a shared projects has its benefits, like at, at today, you could literally... If you set up this build, like you could take ever all of your files with all of your conditional compilation, pull them into .NET standard, set up a little bit of scaffolding, you'll have the sun in an afternoon, and boom, it'll just work, mm-hmm. right? And now the benefits here, I should yeah. say the benefits, is that it's going to be creating those libraries, the testability, and just kind of those advantages of the build time too. And I think future-proofing it is important too. And I think when I first saw .NET Standard and things were coming out, we kept saying, you and I kept joking, we were like, give it one more year, give it one more year. (laughs) Um, And honestly, while I love multi-targeting so much, Frank, I almost want to say, give it just, Give it a little bit more time. Just give it a little bit more time. I don't want um, to. Is there a problem? Is there, I, I'm going to mention a small little elephant in the room. One of the last bits of hesitance I've had with adopting it is that, unfortunately, Visual Studio for Mac doesn't quite do it <laughs> right now. And so because I spend all day on Mac, um, it becomes a little tricky for me. It doesn't mean I can't like uh, create projects and get started on that path. It just means I'm going to have to keep using shared projects for a little while until it's all it's all done. <laughs> yeah, I should. We should say that obviously .NET standard libraries were great in Visual Studio for Mac, like out of the box, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Once you start multi-targeting, essentially, uh, what almost what what essentially Visual Studio twenty seventeen piggybacked on was shared projects that would show you all of the parent projects, but it shows you all the targets. Mm-hmm. And Visual Studio for Mac just hasn't implemented that quite yet, and kind of the multi-targeting. So you yeah. can actually open a multi-targeted project, but it will just default to whatever is first in that list. 
from my understanding. Is that what it is? I was always curious. It's it's the first in the list. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so not bad. It's, it's not, the worst. not so bad though because. The good news is uh, Visual Studio for Mac is actually open source. I'm not sure everyone knows that, but there's at least good chunks of it are open source. And definitely this part of it is open source, and you can actually see online the progress they're making toward getting this all to work. And the cool thing that you kind of notice if you follow their progress is shared projects were always kind of a hack, a tiny bit of a hack. I mean, even if you look at your own, you'll see like the project items file, and you're like, why are there two project (laughs) files? This is odd. And it's odd because it's a of a hack and so the nice thing is all this multi-targeting is not a hack this is a fundamental feature of the build system and so it's really just a matter of catching up the ide to be able to handle all the different targets and do the right thing yeah and i think that so for a library creator i would say if you're already having to support windows and you're already working in visual studio 2017 Mm -hmm. i think you're you're good right you're multi it's time to multi-target the world I'm, I want to go on hundred percent, 100%. I'm going to actually take all of my, I'm just going to be risky, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take all of my plugins and just multi-target all of them. And I'm going to have one I think you project. Should. That's it. That's you it. You totally should. Well, uh, for those, are, are they two project ones? Are you going to keep the two project split? Because we should mention, uh, we both used to do this thing called bait and switch. Mm-hmm. And that was when you kind of broke your project up into two parts, one part that never changed and another part that changed with each platform. That was kind of the old way to do it. I think nowadays with multi-targeting, we're going to do that less and less. But I'm curious if you're going to merge your bait and switch DLLs together or are you going to keep them separate from each other? I think it's time to, um, I think it's time to rip them out. I think it's go time. I think one, merge them them into one. And, And what's nice there is that what I'll be including in the .NET standard version of it is just what I would have included in the abstractions or whatever. So I think exactly, I yeah. think it will work just fine. Um, I'm going to give it a try, but from my tests already, I think it's going to be good to go because as a library creator, I'm I'm I should say what's nice here is that I'm building everything in Visual Studio 2017. I'm building everything in Visual Studio Team Services on a machine yeah. that's running Visual Studio 2017 and has all the build tools and everything that I want to support in it. So in my magic, in my little bubble, which I think is probably like a lot of developers, <laughs> like a lot of developers are doing that, right? And, yeah. or have their own build machine that's sitting over there. For this type of creation, it is absolutely perfect. Now for my app side of things, where I want to totally get rid of all share projects and PCLs, I can't quite do it yet just because I got to build my iOS project on a Mac. So it's like almost yeah. <laughs> there. So from so close. So from a library perspective, it's go time, right? Just do it. I will mm-hmm. say though, there's gonna be some trade-off. And and this is where I want to yeah. actually get your input, Frank, and maybe our listeners can give us oh. once I do this, this means that if people that only have a Mac and Visual Studio for Mac, they can't contribute like today. Now when it's implemented, they will be able to, but how do you feel about that? Well I mean, I don't like it. Um, what we're talking about is the platform side, because as you said, in the Mac right now, if I open up one of these projects, it'll just pretend to be a .NET standard project. And therefore, you know, so by definition, whatever bugs you can fix on that side, you're welcome to fix. But yeah, you can't test iOS or Android or what probably uh, .NET you mentioned you have in there too. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to have to say it. I'm outnumbered by the VS people. (laughs) I think that there are more VS.NET users out there than Mac. And I, 
oh, I, I, I feel, I feel like I'm betraying my people, you know, if I'm just like switch James, because honestly, whatever takes less burden off of you and keeps those libraries hot and fresh is what's important. And if it cuts off a few contributors, sorry, too bad. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of there's so many benefits to it right now from a library creator side of view that I almost can't not do it. You know what I mean? I agree. And, and yeah. honestly, what I'm really falling down to is as a library creator, I have a lot of builds and and honestly, I love Atveyor. I've been using Atveyor forever, but my Atveyor builds are actually built on this string of um, I, I dare to say it, but it's it's built on top of Cake and PowerShell scripts and all these things. Oh, and yeah. I just don't actually know it that well. John Dick, who is a mastermind <laughs> of all things, he yeah. he just knows it. And and to be honest, like I'm just very familiar with like VSTS and the build structure there of WYSIWYP, right? Like what you when that WYSIWYG. Sorry, that's my old days of Canon. Of sorry, we used to we we trademarked I think WYSIWYP, which is what you see is what you print. So what what you see is what you get, right? Um, uh, WYSIWYG. And um, for me, I just want to be able to say like, all right go build this project and go build this thing. And and I bet I could figure it out, but I'm thinking like long-term strategy, you know, just get everything on the same mm-hmm. build structure because I've started to do it for these new libraries, uh, MVVM helpers and uh, monkey cash. And I'm like, Oh wow. My life is like really better that I fully understand my CI system and CD system. So, I mean, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be VSTS, but it's just like what I'm using and I'm paying for currently for, mm-hmm. you know, part of my, you know, some stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why not use that for everything? And, and my code all lives on GitHub and who cares where I'm building it. Right. That's kind of my thought, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I just feel like whatever makes you're right. Whatever makes my life as the owner kind of a little bit easier. I think I'm, I think I'm about it. I don't know. I think is that bad? I, I feel bad now. <laughs> no, I mean, not to turn this into yet another CI discussion, but I, I think that's one of the things that I'm happiest about about my current setup is that most of my steps actually are just little bash one-liner mm. things like build this, copy this, do that. And the wonderful thing is, like you said, I completely understand it. And that simplicity gives me confidence. So I know exactly when someone submits a PR, I know exactly what's happening with exactly which build tools and all that stuff. And it's that confidence that I have that allows me to, you know, sleep at night, (laughs) little things like that. (laughs) And so, yeah, I'm, I'm on the side of the library developer, obviously. Um, whatever makes their life easier. We're serving a lot of customers and it's, it's hard to imagine, but like every time you contact a library developer, you have to imagine a thousand other people contact them. So there's just a scalability issue. Anything that helps you with that scalability helps. And that's usually simplification. That's true. Period. Um, one thing I want to do ask you, since you do a lot of Mac development, you can still .NET build, like that, that still works, right? And it would still actually generate all your packages, yeah. correct? It's just the IDE that doesn't have the tooling yeah. in place. Yeah, something to keep in mind here is that every tool can only build for certain platforms. Mm. So .NET on Visual Studio with all the Xamarin's and Androids and all that installed can build the most things mm. because it has access to .NET, it has access to .NET Core, obviously it can do the .NET standards, and it has access to iOS and Mac. Now, let's switch to a whole different environment. Let's run .NET Core on a Linux machine. Oh, my goodness. 
it does not have, yeah, <laughs> it does not have access to .NET. It does not have access to Xamarin iOS or Mac or any mm. of that stuff. So it cannot build for those. Even if you put them in your CSProd file, it cannot build that for those. Because the but, build tooling right. for those platforms do not exist. It's not like everything is completely exactly. magic, right? It's just leveraging <laughs> existing build yeah. infrastructure. Okay. Right. Yeah. So when you ask what I can do on a Mac, it's basically what can I do with .NET Core on a Mac? Just because Mono right now doesn't support multi-targeting, hopefully in the future. But um, so it's really I can create .NET standards and .NET Core apps. So those those are the easy platforms. Those .NET standard obviously just works everywhere. And I can create .NET Core, but please, people, don't make .NET Core libraries. It's pointless. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the one thing I actually. I I had this idea, you you know, class libraries. And that's what yeah. you're talking about. Is a class a class so a class well, library? They shouldn't even exist anymore, right? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I I think no, I think you're overloading a term. Unfortunately, class lib. If you say .NET new space class lib, what it generates right now is a .NET standard library. So what are you referring to? I was thinking of like an Android library and an iOS library and a .NET 4.6 library. Like a native library. Oh, no, those, I mean, those totes exist. I mean, when you want to multi-target to iOS, you are creating something that is definitely an iOS library. It has nothing to do with not, .NET standard. It's using all of Xamarin's libraries. Yeah, but what I'm... It very much is a platform What library. I'm saying is I should never really have to <laughs> go in and create a new iOS library. I could just create a .NET standard library and then multi-target it to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, you're saying file new project? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. That's yes. what I'm saying. That, that's, the, that's the idea. With multi-targeting, I mean, if you really think about it, it doesn't matter where you start. Oh. You can start with any file new project and switch it to multi-targeting. My favorite is it. You, so it really you, doesn't matter. You could create a new .NET standard library, remove the .NET standard, and put in just Xamarin iOS. Exactly. You could. <laughs> and as long as your build tool supports it, that works just that's fine. True. Yeah, we must not conflate .NET standard with multi-targeting. Yeah. .NET standard in this case is just one of the many platforms that multi-targeting can go down yeah. to. Yeah, and I think it, it all falls down to that new CS proj, how MS build is working like you mm-hmm. said. And I I exactly. think that's a complicated yeah. part of it. You literally just hit the nail on the head, which is I'm thinking that I'm creating a .NET standard library, but what I'm really creating no. is a CS a multi-targeted library. I'm creating a multi-targeted <laughs> library that happens to be targeting yeah. a single t- single target. Um, yes. Yeah, you really should think about it too because that is how the build tools think of mm. it. Uh, there is no simplification. Every build is a multi-targeted build. It's just how many targets do you happen to list? Mm. I like that. that mm-hmm. That's the way. That's a way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I think more people. <laughs> Good stuff. I think more people need to be talking about it. I think more people need to be, you know, putting in the feature requests in Visual Studio for Mac, asking for it. Because I think once more people use it and they really like it, you're going to want it everywhere. And you're going to want build tools. So I'm I'm really excited for kind of the the future here, which I think we're on the forefront of February 2018. You know, even <laughs> though it's been around for like a year or whatever, I think now yep, that I've yep. grasped it, it's like anything else. Like once I grasp it like we were talking web development last week i started to grasp and i'm like oh this is really cool and i'm like i'm like i could this is so cool i think okay so here's i'm gonna Mm -hmm. go back all right so (laughs) this last weekend we uh, i was hanging out with some friends and they're like i don't know what to do what do you want to do and we're like let's go go go-karting like you know indoor go-karting 
Yeah, sounds great. And indoor go-karting, I haven't done a long time. You know, you get to the indoor go-karting place, you got to wait like a half an hour, 45 minutes. You got to put on the thing. It's kind of old and you busted. You're like, all right, whatever. And then (laughs) you're like, oh man, we're away. Like, oh, can we just get in this thing? And it was only gonna be 10 minutes. And then you get in the go-kart, right? And then they turn it on and you're just like, we like you're just having so much fun all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> greatest time of my like, life this is the greatest yeah. time of my life and i think that's what had happened like all right now i'm creating another library i'm converting this other thing and people are like oh i gotta yeah. convert this thing like no no once you do it and then once you see it you're just like oh my goodness like i'm so happy that i'm doing this again you know and it just works so that's what that's my analogy to multi-targeting is like going and driving indoor go-karting and reminding yourself of like the inner <laughs> child in you that's having so much fun Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, you're making me want to switch all my projects. I can't quite yet, but man, you're making me excited. One day. And I did mean it when I was talking about the future, and I wasn't being like speculative or anything. The, with multi-targeting, we really can get down to one project file for a, a multi-platform app, mm, yeah. especially with something like Xamarin Forms. It's actually very practical to do that because really only your entry point into the app has to change. And okay, all those stupid Android resources, but you know, aside from all of those, yeah, you could totally do a single project app. It's so, all tooling. I'm yeah. going to, uh, until then, it's an awesome solution for library developers and I'm totally going to get on board and I'm going to keep my eyes set on that future horizon because I want that world yes, too. go off, multi-target the world and, and be prosperous. That's what I say. <laughs> cool. All right. Cool. We, new feature. New. If it's if you haven't seen it before, it's new to you. <laughs> I'll try to find some videos and put them in the show notes below and I'll ask our good friend Ema what he can recommend for reading. But I have a whole bunch of good stuff, including all those um, projects and stuff in the show notes below. So make sure you check all that stuff out. And of course, while you're over on mergeconflict.fm, you can write into the show. If you've already know of all this or you have some awesome multi-targeting tricks, write in, let us know. We would love to hear it um, or reach out to us on Twitter at mergeconflict.fm. If you love the show and you want to support us even more, you can uh, become a patron. We have amazing patrons. I literally finalized all of our rewards because as a patron, you get stickers and pins and all sorts of goodies. Um, And let me tell you how much fun I had at the USPS doing international deliveries. It is the worst experience of my life. Um, But... It's out there. They're all out there. All the stickers, pins, they're amazing. Frank got some (laughs) buttons finally. And he's like, these are so cool. He finally... He finally let me see some buttons and people, they're, they're great. great. I was very pleased to see those buttons. Yeah. So you can go and you can see those. Well, I don't know. I should post some. I'm going to post some buttons of um, pictures of the buttons over on our patron page at patreon, patreon.com slash merge conflict FM. There's also a support button on our website. You can just click on that and learn more or in the show notes below. Um, I think that's it, Frank. I think that is it. I, anything else that I missed or anything yeah. else? Yeah. This is a pretty nerdy subject, so I'm just happy everyone made it to the end here. So thanks for listening. Yes, thanks for <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's amazing. Well, follow me on Twitter at James Montemagno, Frank at Proclarum. And until next time, this has been yet another episode of Merge Conflict in your eardrums out to the world. Thank you so much for listening. I'm James Montemagno. <laughs> and I'm Frank Kruger. Thanks one more time for listening. Peace.